0: Hello and welcome to Planet Critical, the podcast for a world in crisis. My name is Rachel Donald. I'm a climate corruption journalist and your host. Every week I interview experts who are battling to save our planet. My guests are scientists, politicians, academics, journalists and activists. They explain the complexities of the energy, economic, ecological and political crises that we face today, revealing what's really going on and what they think needs to be done. This is a critical time for our planet. It demands critical thinking. Go to planetcritical.com to learn more and subscribe. I have such a fantastic episode for you all today. I mean, I always have a fantastic episode, right? But this one just hits your positive uh, outlook in such a wonderful way. Uh, I'm buzzing, as you can hear in my voice. We just finished recording. Uh, I spoke with John Alexander, who is a narrative uh, expert, uh, former ad man, but narrative expert, um, who advises uh, communities and projects about um, narrative how to tell a different story how to change the narrative in order to make things possible and this is all about you know creating a better future he's also the author of the book citizens uh, which lays out the different paradigms that we have existed in throughout human history we talked about everything i learned so much you were all going to learn so much it was absolutely fantastic we talked about participatory democracy around the world uh, we talked about how governments are moving toward different systems and how it was citizens that dragged them into the future. Uh, we talked about the colonial empires that are refusing to catch up with the rest of the world. We talked about cynicism. We talked about the importance of joy. And we talked about creating a better world. How do you do it? By beginning. You just start. You start doing something and systems will form. Better systems will form. This is such a hopeful episode. John's message is so powerful and so hopeful. I hope you all enjoy it. In fact, I know that you will all enjoy it. If you do, please share it far and wide. And if you're loving the show, support Planet Critical with a paid subscription at planetcritical.com or on Patreon. And of course, as ever, a huge thank you to the Planet Critical community who support the show and keep this project going every week. John, thank you so much for joining me on Planet Critical. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. I can't wait to get into your book. (laughs)
1: <laughs> very good to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> pleasure. Pleasure. So let's talk about it. Like, Citizens. This is the book that you wrote during the pandemic about a new way of social organizing and political organizing, right? And where did this idea come from?
1: Well, I mean, in a way, it, it, in some ways, a new way, but actually, in in a lot of ways, a very old way, right? Like, the, 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 um, in one of the one of the most joyful moments in the research for book, you know, the, the, in, when you dive into something like this really deeply, you have these sort of little moments that just bring you to life. Mm-hmm. And one of my favourites was it was getting really into the into what's becoming called the kind of deep archaeology literature okay. and discovering this phrase "campfire democracy" as like an expression of how we actually, even as in, in kind of hunter gatherer times, like made our decisions together, kind of around the fire. And, and and had systems and processes that, that that tapped into the ideas and energy and resources of everyone in order to in order to make the best possible decisions, in order to decide the best possible action. Tapping understanding that the little kids and the and, and the women bizarrely uh, would <laughs> would actually have some, some better insights as to how things should be made, rather than this kind of this sort of stereotypical image we have of like the tribal chief then kind of deciding everything, and the idea that, mm. that humanity was has has to some extent always been ruled by the great man story that's Mm -hmm. that stuff actually comes an awful lot later and so um but yeah the 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 moment when i decided to write the book really was was um the day in the in the pandemic uh when the message changed in this country in the in the uk and 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 we if you remember back then there was this uh the the first government message was stay home protect the nhs save lives And, Mm -hmm. and it was very much a kind of little people shush we will look after you protection will be provided if you just do as you're told and 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 what actually was happening in the country at that time was something very different if you remember the mutual aid groups and the street whatsapp groups that the nhs first responder scheme where it was built for 250,000 people to volunteer to support the NHS and built, built for this 250,000 traffic in three weeks and got mm. 750,000 people in 36 hours. Like mm. people were leaning in in so many ways all over the country and getting stuck in. The percentage of the population that agreed that Britain's a place where people look out for each other went from 17% or something in, in February 2020 to over 60% by May. Like right. something was really happening. And yet, and then, and yet, when When the idea of kind of the government as the great protector began to fall apart, as it was doing in May 2020, the shift that happened wasn't to kind of come in behind the energy that we were all putting in, the ways that we were all starting to organise, but was the message changed to stay alert, uh, control the virus, so like, which which is very much a kind of individualising, go back to your lives, look out for number one, and and it was really I've been working with these with these ideas of, of 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 story of of the role of ideas of the role of the individual for quite a few years now and in that moment i just saw the the ideas i've been working with just come to life in kind of vibrant technicolor like that that stay home message was very much what i call a subject message it was it was like i say protection in return for obedience do as you're told that what we were doing was the citizen story we were Mm. we were tapping into the ideas and energy and resource of everyone Mm. and getting and organizing together and then the government, the, the, the stay alert message, the, the, the go back to your life, like t- take responsibility for yourself and no one else. And was very much the consumer story that this, like an individualizing thing. And so seeing that happen was this, I'd been trying to write for a while, but it was just this galvanizing moment of, I have to, I have to put this story out into the world. I have to put this way of seeing out into the world.
0: Right, before we get into what a subject consumer and citizen sort of looks like, let's retrace a little bit. So you said you'd been working with narratives and stories for a couple of years. I think a lot of people don't understand what that means. I mean, even me, before starting this podcast, I wouldn't quite understand. Apart from maybe advertising, which I believe is your background. (laughs) Um, Sorry. Yes, you should apologize. (laughs) Um, Like, what was the... Why did you jump from advertising? And then what does a positive uh vision of working with narratives actually look like
1: so the way i would describe the the, the role stories play i love the um i love the work of uh, donella meadows mm-hmm. um i find her one of my sort of the godmother of systems thinking yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the, the the famous essay that she wrote I'm, I'm i think i've heard quoted on one of your podcasts before but that she wrote an essay called leverage points places to intervene in a System." yeah and, 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 and in that essay, she goes through the, the sort of the, the intervention points in ascending order of, of power and, and, and leverage. And right at the most impactful, the, the highest leverage of intervention points is what she calls the mindset or paradigm. And she talks about mindsets as the sources of systems, like the, 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 the ideas that are so accepted that they become unspoken, the assumptions that shape everything. And I think that's really what I'm talking about when I talk about story. It's like the the, the underlying uh, narratives that come to shape everything. So and so, uh, uh, like what I believe we're we're in today, this consumer story is is a story that that says that 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 the right thing to do is to look out for number one, to choose the best deal for yourself, to pursue self interest, on the basis that that will add up to collective interest. And, and what that story does is it shapes, it shapes every aspect of society, both in terms of individual behavior, it's sort of, so sort of like we think we're uh, employees and employers and, and parents and voters and da-da-da, but actually we bring, we're, we're sort of conditioned by the presence of this story to bring a consumer orientation, to bring an orientation of self-interest to all of those different roles. But even more significantly, I think it also shapes the organizations that we that we are surrounded by. So the consumer story isn't just present in business, where to some extent, you might accept it having a role, although I think actually, many of the best businesses are transcending that as well. But it also shapes how charities and and behave like they, they in a consumer story, charities come to see themselves as as solving th- solving problems for people and mm. the only role we play in relation to them is donating to them mm. and so they they come to see us as and then and then even donations come to be a kind on a kind of competitive basis where it's like like what's the return on on the money invested kind of thing mm. and, and and government as well comes to see us as consumers so so i i started to talk about in various places that we i think what we live in today is what i would call a consumer democracy where our only agency is to choose between the options someone else offers and to um and and where we're conditioned to kind of make that choice on the basis of self-interest and and all of that is like back to that meadows quote it's like the that the, the story as the source of the system the story manifesting in every aspect and it makes these things feel very Like there's this uh, another lovely Meadows quote. She talks about like the, in some ways, the, the, the story, the the mindset is the hardest thing to change, but in any given individual, it's, it's, a it's an act of seconds and it's the simplest thing in the world. It's just Mm. like seeing the world differently. It's a veil falling,
0: Mm.
1: but, um, but to, to your question about advertising, as you say, that's where I started my career. And my first boss described my job to me by saying, um, what you've got to remember is that the average consumer sees something like 3,000 commercial messages a day. And your job is to cut through that to make yours the best. And for a while, I was kind of like white man, ego man was like, compete, (laughs) make I'm the best. Yeah. (laughs) And then, and then, then increasingly began to think about like, hang on 3,000. And by the way, the latest estimates are anything up to 10,000 a day for, for the sort of gen Z in the States. Right. And, and, and so in that, context like the the question i began to ask myself is and which set me off down this kind of rabbit hole of 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 thinking about things through the lens of story and narrative and mindset is what are we doing to ourselves when we tell ourselves we're consumers three thousand times a day
0: yeah
1: and i choose that language quite deliberately it's not i I, it's like an emergent property of of the society rather than something that someone is doing to us Mm -hmm. although although there are those who are more and less complicit in it but um but yeah that's that's how i think story works and so so the challenge becomes how do you if you acknowledge that role of story of narrative of mindset what then is the work that needs to be done and where i get to is actually uh, i think I think it's less about sort of having to hack every advert and like and change everything, but uh, because actually we are citizens by nature, and so it's more about getting those stories out of our way, uh, such that we can we can step into our sort of a, a deeper truth of humanity, and therefore the work is about unleashing what we are kind of naturally disposed to do, which is why moments like the pandemic are so powerful, yeah. um, because they in those moments the story breaks mm-hmm. and 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 like if, if we were the kind of the the red in tooth and claw lazy selfish creatures that the story tells us we are then what would have happened in when in moments like when the pandemic hits is we'd have like eaten each other <laughs> um, and and that is never what happens the, yeah. the, 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 like the second book everyone should read is rebecca solnit's wonderful paradise and hell and where she talks about human response to catastrophe through history and, and every time what happens is people find one another, like figure out what the essentials are, organize together. And it's only when the kind of the she calls it elite panic, only when the sort of the the power structures step back in and 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 sort of force them force their role back in that that this gets kind of blocked off.
0: Hmm, interesting. That actually leads me on directly to this thing I'm thinking about as you were talking is well who writes the story? Who wrote the consumer story that we all read and sing from, you know? Like how has it become such a fundamental part of our mindset of how we see ourselves and the world if it isn't something that we are naturally disposed to?
1: So I think I mean, I think the first important thing in answering that question is to acknowledge that there is that there is another story and 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 the consumer actually arose uh in response to in solution to the what I call the subject story, which was right. which was dominant for a very long time, much longer than the consumer story. So I think when we talk about the emergence of the consumer story, we're looking at the end of the 19th century. And for a long time before that, the the story I use the word subject, subjects of the king. It's, a, mm. it's, it's essentially the kind of the colonial or authoritarian or whatever story. And it, and it says, um, and, and, and that story was, uh, was, the, was the story in which the role, is, the role of the individual is to keep the head down and, and, and obey and, and do as you're told and accept your place in the hierarchy and that sort of thing. Um, and, and that was dominant for, as I say, for a very long time, increasingly dominant across the world. Uh, again can be traced right back to, I don't, as I do in the book, King Sargon of Akkad in two thousand three hundred BC or whatever. Right. Like, you know, but 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 it fell apart at the end of the nineteenth century, beginning of the twentieth, because of the consequence of the Industrial Revolution, the rise of the middle class, the subject story, which depends on an idea that there are a god given few who know best, who will lead mm-hmm. to the best outcomes for society, and therefore the rest of us should just do as we're told. That that couldn't hold in the face of uh, in the face of a of a growing middle class of a of of, of, a, of, a, of a of a new distribution of wealth and power, um, and the consumer story arose. I think originally, and, and and the 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 really powerful thing is when you see the consumer story in contrast to the subjects, not just in contrast to to the citizen you see that it that it was in in the time of its emergence and first taking hold through the early early 20th century and then particularly after the two world wars was a liberating story yeah. like one of the when i was first doing this work starting to develop these ideas i was very much kind of went through a very kind of a very anti-consumer phrase phase sorry uh and and i and I was talking to my mum and she was she was struggling with this work. And she told me I remember her telling me about her family's first washing machine, which was a, a hot point liberator. <laughs> uh and 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 she was like, it deserved its name. And you're like, cool, okay, I understand. Mm. So there's something about um when you ask who writes the story, there's something about uh the story arising in response to its context. Now I I I I don't want to be too kind of um generous to the, to the, to the first, to the sort of founding fathers of the advertising industry, the, 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 the Eddie Bernayses and, and so forth of this world, because there was a, a deep arrogance to it as well. Uh, and the phrase, the manufacturing of consent that comes mm-hmm. from that, that period, uh, and from Bernays in particular was really the consumer story is rooted in a, in a, in a perception of, of humanity as a whole, that is like these are these are unpleasant creatures that that we the clever ones still have to mold consent from but but originally like the, the the idea of the idea of the consumer is one of greater agency than in the subject story it is one where people are good enough to know their own self-interest and it is one that says like actually that the original hypothesis of the consumer story was one that said that it, that Like by pursuing individual self-interest, that will add up to collective interest. There was a, there was a logic, it was a deeply flawed logic. Mm -hmm. And now we know that that logic is broken, but it bubbled and rose and it seemed to work. And it certainly worked better than the subject logic. And it, and so it, it kind of grows and takes hold. And so it's not, it's not like there is one author of it. Mm -hmm. I can tell you the names of the, uh, the name of the person who used the word consumer as a noun for the first time was was William Stanley Jevons in the 1870s and, and things like this. But and, and to some extent, they are the the authors of the story. But but in another way, it was a it was a sort of um, and maybe a way that that I think could be a bit more generative and a bit less accusatory or whatever and and maybe more what we need now it was a story that was a creature of its time mm-hmm. and 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 we can accept that and then say we can accept it and still say that time is gone
0: sure 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 sure. but i think this this part before we move on to what a citizen world would look like i think this is so important because you use the yeah. word accusatory um and i think that this is where Often the opposition to the current paradigm kind of breaks down and fails to work together because there's different camps that think well, you know, you've got the, you know your classic conspiracies that the world is run by a group of evil elites. You have the reality that there is an elite of self-interested people <laughs> that are actually running the world. Um, But then to me, you also have, I think, the reality that most people would act similarly if born into the same context, uh, because they are just manifestations of this paradigm. Um, You know, we all do sort of act like we all, uh, those of us with access to the resources, et cetera, et cetera, act like mini-capitalists and mini-self-interested people. So why would you think that those with access to the most wouldn't do the same? So it seems to me that this kind of inability to make a coherent story about where our own story comes from, and therefore who to point fingers to, kind of hobbles the opposition to the current paradigm. Like we fail to sort of set the boundaries and tag the reality. Um, there's also this kind of uh, trend, I think, to like villainize concepts um, or even company. This is the thing, see when people go on about the oil and gas industry, the oil and gas industry, I'm like, name some names. It's people. Right. It's not industries that's the problem it's people let's name some names um so i just want to keep digging more into this thing of okay so it's not that one person writes the story that would be conspiratorial um but because of the inequality in power is it that a, a story emerges through its context and then it gets refined by the powerful in order to aid and abet whatever uh vision of the self comes from that story in this case self-interest
1: it's a really good question um Silence isn't a good thing on podcasts. Ah, though, is you can it? Be so? silent.
0: I can always edit out. I... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stunned me and questioned me into into abeyance. <laughs> Look, I think um no, you're 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 right, and it's a great challenge. I I, I think and I think the way you put it is 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 pretty apt actually. Like it arises, the story arises in response to circumstance, but it does have to be t- and embraced and then and then continue through. And I think um I think maybe I think there is a. So maybe I th- I find it a bit easier to talk about what I think is to blame in this moment in time. Sure
0: let's
1: do it. Um which and I'm I sort of ended the book here but I've been thinking about it a lot more since which is this sort of um sort of hero complex actually. Mm-hmm. Um but the consumer story allows because it because so in the subject story, people have stuff done to them. The role of organizations and leaders is to c- kind of command and and people's role is to obey and 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 the consumer story kind of says that the people need to have stuff done for them, that they need to be served and sort of mm-hmm. and and there's a real power in that, and there's a kind and there is a space for a kind of hero complex because it says that like because it leaves the space for a, a Leaders to to sort of um to to serve the people better than anyone else possibly could to be, to 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 know what's right and to and to and to, and to lead the way and and I'm really um I'm really worried in this moment in time I s- said the other day you know, these things sort of tumble out of your mouth and you're like oh no that is actually what I think mm. I'm 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 actually more worried I'm less worried about the fascists than I am about the people who think they're going to save us from the fascists
0: right um, okay
1: because it's like because the 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 people who think they're going to save us think they're going to do so by um by rebooting the the society that's that's crumbling right. uh, by by serving yeah. us better than anyone else could by 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 me, they think that it's that, that the reason why we're in trouble is because people's economic self-interests which is what the consumer story says is the most important thing is is not being met mm. and so they think if they can if they can uh, if they can serve people better, if they can just reform the system sufficiently such that such that the, the little people are looked after uh that all the little people really want is bread and circuses to 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 coin a phrase from from a past iteration of this and if and 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 that role that role i think the great danger of that is that that really what what people what we need and want in this moment in time is is agency is yeah. is 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 the opportunity to contribute on a level that's commensurate with the scale of the challenges we face and and so and what i'm talking about really being specific if not if not quite naming names but is is the 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 editors of the newspapers uh the the, the ceos of the media brands the uh, particularly the 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 politicians and positions of power because these are the narrative holders and the narrative shapers mm-hmm. and they are the ones at the moment that are choosing to say shush little people just go shopping yeah yeah yeah, yeah. rather than say no 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 like let's be honest like the, we we, ha- we face challenges today in this moment in time that we don't know how to we don't know exactly what the response is going to be this commensurate with them the climate emergency is not something that is going to be solved by us putting getting the right incentives on electric vehicles that'll help but it's not going to But but what we really need is everyone on the pitch, right? Like, and my my favorite story in the research for the book is uh, well, you you want to like lead me into the citizen space, but you can tell that's that's where I'm wanting to go. go. go, But I think that to really to really um and I think to really name the 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 danger of the consumer story is is to name that narrative of just little people just go shopping Mm -hmm. to name those who who would and to call out the behaviors that say, we need to declare an emergency so, so that people can come and watch me save them. Mm. Which is a behavior I see in a lot of places. Uh, and from NGOs as well, actually, like that that kind of behavior comes through a lot of the time. Interesting. Rather than like, okay, people, this is the situation. This is the space. How do we do this? And so if you're allowing me permission to go into course. the citizen story <laughs> space... Um, my favorite example from the research for the book is what's happened in Taiwan over the last decade and extremely poignant, given what, given the state of play in, in that country and that, that region now, but what the the story culminates in for the, f- for the full backstory, you might have to read the book, folks, but the, <laughs> <laughs> that's a teaser But the uh, a horrible consumer teaser in ironic fashion. But the, the story of Taiwan culminates in its, in that country's COVID response, which was the most, uh, Arguably the most successful anywhere in the world, the second lowest lowest death rate, but also they never went into lockdown, mm. and the response was characterized by really holding a question with the nation, an open stance from government that said, "We don't know how best to get through this. We 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 in this country have faced the pandemic before in SARS, but but we don't know exactly what the right way to get through something of this scale is going to be. What we do know." is that we will get through it best by tapping into the ideas and energy and resources of everyone. Mm. We will hold the question of how to get through this together. And they and they characterized it by three three design principles for the for the for the Taiwanese COVID response were fast, fun, and fair. <laughs> and they did things like open uh, like challenge prizes to design apps that would track face mask availability and PPE and this sort of stuff. Wow. also some really lovely, simple, lo-fi stuff. Like my favorite example is they set up a phone line where any citizen could ring in with ideas for how the country's response could be better.
0: God. What?
1: With Serious, with a voicemail recorded by the president herself, uh, herself, right? I like the gender in the moment. But the, um, uh, and, uh, um, and a little boy, my favorite story is a little boy rang up and said, the kids in my class don't want to wear their, uh, the boys in my class actually, don't want to wear their regulation face masks because they're pink and they think that they're girly. Uh, so you need to do something to make pink face masks cool. And I think you should work with the baseball team because all the boys love baseball. And three days later, they had half the Taiwanese baseball team, the president and the little boy. (laughs) Your face is a picture for those of you who are listening, Rob. (laughs) On the national televised press conference, they had the the president, half the Taiwanese baseball team, the little boy resplendent in their pink face masks. And by the way, this set off a wave of memes across the country of pink is cool. And Pink Panther was brought back onto national primetime TV and all (laughs) this is, and people, when I tell this story, People think I'm mad and or think I'm making it up. But it's 100 percent true. And I think what's the most going back to what we were just talking about, the kind of um who's to blame in this and and my challenge to the to the to them, particularly media CEOs and, and, and media mm. leaders, the Taiwan story has was available. They like they Taiwan published a, an article with the Taiwanese government published an article with 124 things they'd already done in an english language journal on march the 3rd 2020 that's that's what? weeks before we even went into lockdown Jeez, yeah march the third yeah, yeah and and no one no media outlet took up the story no like no government really uh jacinda arden was the the one global leader who who paid attention she she explicitly said uh, i'm following the taiwan the taiwan model and but that but and then she it was slightly different but but like but it was ignored and then and the only time the taiwanese story really hit the the press was actually in may 21 may 2021 when there was an outbreak in taiwan right and the the articles that were published were were schadenfreude articles there were articles saying like oh taiwan finally gets caught out for its kind of naive And and by the way, that was nonsense. Like the art, the the outbreak was very quickly suppressed through all the participatory modes. There's quite a there's a fairly strong hint that it was kind of that it was seeded by some pretty dark arts on on the part probably of the Chinese Communist Party. Like the the the, the outbreak started with two China Airlines cargo pilots breaking curfew in their airport hotel and going to a brothel. Right. Okay. um, So you're like, but this this um this tendency by the way Taiwanese society is not perfect but but there are this tendency to to be to to not tell these stories Mm. because these stories are everywhere the citizen future is emerging everywhere like uh, I could tell you about Grimsby I could tell you about uh, uh South End where I was last night. I could tell you about St. neitz I could tell you about Carrick Fergus in, in Northern Ireland, I could, I could tell you about the Chilean Constitutional yes. Convention that's going on. I could tell you about Paris and the Citizens Assembly mm. that's now part of the governance structure there. I could like all of these things are characterized by this same underlying idea that the strategy that will get us through these times is to tap into everybody, to get everyone on the pitch, as I say but these stories are not told and that is that is almost the the biggest problem mm-hmm. in many ways mm-hmm. because if we can't see this if we can't tell these stories to one another if we can't be aware of them then we can't see it as a as a plausible alternative definitely and that is a that's that's the biggest danger in many ways
0: definitely i and i suppose this goes into the argument of you know oligarchic media barons um not wanting to promote a different way of life because it would completely undermine their, you know, revenue stream. But it is interesting in particular that it's like the UK and the US that are kind of um, suffering from the the biggest deliberate impediments to sharing these stories. Because France is a very capitalist country. You know, Mexico is also another consumer country. Uh, Mexico City, sorry, I read it. And Chile, you know, we're all living in the same kind of paradigm. And yet there's so many other countries around the world that are taking massive steps towards progress and taking steps away from the shackles of the the previous mindset and yet these like you know classic colonizers you know the UK and the USA seem to be just falling behind everyone in everything what well, i mean what is going on there what is the, our relationship to the story, is it because we are actually, like the UK and the USA actually embody that that hero um, narrative the most perhaps in the world from, you know, a really bizarre, terrible, disgusting, murderous hero narrative, but
1: a narrative nonetheless. It's again, a really good question. You've hit me into silence for the second time. <laughs> um, one quick thing I would say, like just as a point of clarification, mm-hmm. it's not just the... The media outlets that are owned by the oligarchic media barons, though I do agree those exist and are, but the Guardian as well, for example, owned by the Scott Trust, hasn't told these stories. No, no, no. Tortoise Media set up the set up explicitly to be slow down, make the news, yeah. crowd funded, all of that stuff hasn't told these stories. Yeah. Like I, I I don't understand it, and I'm not claiming any sort of jujitsu, But how am I like a, an ex ad man? running a tiny boutique consultancy in like how am i the first person to 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 properly tell the story the the taiwan story in a book like how how has that happened yeah. and it's and and so it's not there's something about that, that that i don't think we can can be too simplistic and it does lead back to your question of like particularly uk us how where, where are we and i think maybe um maybe the best stab i would i would have at answering that is that because we actually in for different stories, in many ways, I think. Uh, well, look, the U. The U. S. is the is the is the home of the consumer story, mm-hmm. right? Like the U. S. like rising to power to global leadership after the Second World War, the the Bretton Woods institutions, the the IMF, the World Bank, all of these things created with good with sort of original positive intention, as I was referring mm-hmm. to, but but now like arguably outdated, but like are born out of U. Uh, S. global hegemony and and so and, and so when you threaten the consumer story there is a danger that you that you feel like you're threatening america mm-hmm. but actually but i mean if you dig deeper if you go into and this is why it's so wonderful stories like hamilton and so forth like you you actually find that like collective barn raising is as much a part of of like of the sort of american mm-hmm. character as as um as you know the sort of self uh, the rugged individualist mm-hmm. and it and it and 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 similarly with with the UK i think the picture is slightly more complex again because arguably we were the this country was the home of the subject story the pinnacle of the subject story you know like just before the subject story collapsed in the end of the 19th century beginning of the 20th mm. 1897 was the year of victoria's jubilee with with and and britain britain's empire covered 20 25% and more of the of of the, of the earth's land territory yeah. right like it was the the empire where the sun never sets and so and i think a big for us there's some there's some like really deep stuff about like still having overtones of subject story that that that, that rise up right. as well and like i mean what was it a third of the a third of the british population in a survey the other day said that they thought that, that it was a shame that britain didn't have an empire anymore yeah. and 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 these the these sort of latent stories are 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 there to be exploited
0: mm-hmm.
1: because they're because they're in our national story mm-hmm. and what that where that takes me i think is in the in the work to, to sort of help us as, as as the UK and US step into the citizen story, a big part of their work has to be retelling the story of our own nations and our histories yeah. and 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 finding pride in them through the through a citizen lens. Like I say with America, think like telling the stories that are of barn raising rather than the stories that are of the, the, the heroic market opener. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and in and in the UK, I think that might mean looking back through our history and going. Like let's, let's, let's go to Magna Carta and the, and the distribution of power that happened in that moment right. rather uh, and, the, and the undermining of the, let's go to the Putney debates and the, and, and the English civil war and, and Colonel Thomas Rainsborough in, 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 St. Mary's church in Putney saying that the poorest he that is on earth has, it has as much a right as the greatest he to have a, like everyone should have a say to put themselves under the government. Otherwise that government is not, is not valid. Like, yeah. I think that like these stories um the mother of all parliaments the, the the pushing of power away from a monarchy and to a to to the people yeah. like we have we as a nation have like i'm not we have led the world in some of those ways yeah. and if we could tell ourselves a story of that that allows us to take pride in those things and say how might we do that again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than a story that tries to insist on taking pride in exploitation and 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 then then but i think that in some ways rather one of my favorite um one of my favorite quotes and and and, and i didn't put it in the book it's one of my few regrets about what's in the book is um the design thinker buckminster fuller once wrote um uh you never change things by fighting the existing reality to change something create a new model that makes the existing obsolete Mm, yeah and i think that applies that applies to this work in so many ways but it all but specifically, it also applies to this thing of like our stories of uh, our, our stories of our own history, because I, like, we can get caught up fighting back against this sort of we need to take pride in our colonial he- history thing. That's that's, but that's that's just going to suck our energy into resistance and fighting. Like what we what might be more constructive is to say no, no. There's actually another. There's another story of Britain. And there's another thing to take pride in. And I am, I'm going to be, I'm going to be patriotic about the role that we have played yeah. in a very different way to that. Yeah. And and maybe that gives us something to stand on that can be more generative and more constructive and doesn't have to, doesn't have to be able to be reduced to a fight about, do you love the flag or not? Mm. But can say, I find something very t- in that flag and I, and I, and I want to, and I want to, and I want to, I want to go forward from that.
0: Mm. It seems to me that the subject um, story was about sort of stamping out or denying this space for people to have a self with a capital S. And then the consumer story kind of pretended or, you know, at least enabled a sense of individuality and in that the self started to form. Yeah. And then the next step would be the the, the collective self of the community. Um, and in everything that you're saying, the, the one thing that came to mind was this idea that like with globalization, Um, And the United Kingdom being sort of the heart of the subject story and the United States being the heart of the consumer story, there seems to be this uh, perhaps feeling uh, within those societies that they are allowed to spread their ideas, they are allowed to subjugate or they are allowed to kind of bring people into the, the consumer capitalist network. Uh, but they refuse to take notice of the progressions being made outside of their own networks. I.e., that's. I mean, I I pitched the Guardian about the Chilean constitution, right? And um, I said, you know, have you seen this? Like, I noticed you haven't done anything on it. Would you, you know, you know can I do this for you? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to cover it if it goes through. And I was like, that is not your role. That is not our role as journalists. We need to be telling this story, getting it international wow. acclaim, so that it goes through. Like, we play a role as a community member on the other side of the world. I couldn't, They couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. Wow. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's this idea of things still being news, like this inability I think to see the interconnections, not wanting to be behind, not wanting to tell stories perhaps that suggest that we are losing our position in the global hierarchy. I don't know. But um it's just so interesting to think how these like very insidious little behaviors are um constructs of the paradigm that we live in and then create like reinforce that paradigm and become increasingly difficult to break out of and it's difficult to point a finger and to blame a person um even though you really 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 want to
1: <laughs> we could let's face it we could well, i mean that's that's so there's such an echo in that of of my experience I, I i was on a panel with a with a very senior journalist who shall not be named mm-hmm. uh in the spirit of this but and I and we I was I was saying like, I was talking about deliberative democracy. Mm-hmm. I was talking about the the Irish referendum on abortion in 2018, mm-hmm. and which everybody knows about the most people know yeah. about the Irish referendum and, and and see it as a kind of a weird anomaly but that that actually a, a referendum could have could have gone in a kind of in a in a direction that suggested that that, that the people's wisdom is is actually yeah. a positive thing, and and yet and and I was and and the, this very like very senior judge who, who like, should. I had no idea that there was a citizens assembly that had formed that recommendation, that then went to national referendum, that 99 randomly selected Irish people had come together for five weekends over five months to deliberate and hear witnesses and then, and were then featured in the conversations, no idea. And, 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 and the the thing that, that brought this revelation to light was that was, was it, it said to me in this, in this conversation, in this interview, but deliberative democracy's not done anything, has it? It's it's just a nice idea that that never has never held any power, and you're just like, mm. I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. I I I genuinely don't know how to respond to that. But I think, and I I think you're right that there is some of this that is um that is UK, US, and the world. I think um I think it's I think there is a I think there is a sort of threat from that. But I but I also think it's it's like I mean, even in France, like we shouldn't we shouldn't sort of over over paint some mm-hmm. of that picture, right? The, the the Citizens Convention on Climate um produced some wonderful ideas that that haven't that haven't made it through the National Assembly. Mm-hmm. So the elected politicians in France and the, and the and the and the and the and the media there haven't haven't sort of supported some of those mm-hmm. things to come through. And 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 I think there is this um so I think part of it is a kind of hero complex thing. Part of it too is a kind of. Um, I, I've, I read some research the other day. Uh, I need to dig out. I'll try and try and find. Was um, that that um, being cynical makes you look cleverer?
0: Right. Okay. So
1: so to to pick holes in something makes you look smart. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Rather than to celebrate. <laughs> um, people people who are cynical, people who pick arguments apart, people who, who find the holes in positive things, are perceived as cleverer
0: and that really? that's that
1: strikes me as like quite a deep problem Oh my God. <laughs> um right yeah um and i don't know i mean i guess like i i understand some of where that comes from that you like the risk aversion and and like in our in our psyche but but being aware of that i think is really important because yeah we have to be able to i mean my my strategy is is as you you can probably tell and anyone who's listened to me or or read my stuff can probably tell is basically to to overwhelm that cynicism with sort of a a bizarre mixture of human human and labrador labrador genes and just sort of bounce up to (laughs) try and make myself so so hard to kick that people don't (laughs) i think i'm I'm being facetious and i'm I'm being silly but to something like that's partly because i think some of this has to be about like put the joy back in right like we're great we're amazing animals yeah. um and like and and when we i love um rob hopkins the, the founder of the transition movement said so this lovely thing years ago where he's like we have to make this more like a party than a protest march
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. and xr did a lot of that and have done a lot of that as well and and it's such a there's such a truth in that like there is there's so much um there's so much joy to be had in like the the and like the Taiwanese saying that their COVID response was going to be fast, fun and fair. Yeah. Like yeah. there's there's and and I think that I think there is a gen I think there is a, a viable strategy and overwhelming cynicism with yeah. with energy and joy and fun that that I, I love um Adrienne Marie Brown. I don't know if you've if you've come across her work, but um it's a a wonderful uh queer black thinker from the states wrote a book called emergent strategy but then another one called pleasure activism
0: mm. um
1: which i love as a as a concept she, she's she got this lovely phrase she says no one is special everyone is needed oh fab. that is a that is a wonderful expression of the of, of what this work is i think oh um,
0: let's let's dig into that joy thing actually because i'm sure um I'm sure we're probably vaguely in the same Twitter circles and therefore I'm sure you saw the other day that piece that was published on the Guardian, right? By that climate
1: scientist.
0: And they changed his headline.
1: Oh, uh, Maguire.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And they said like it was, you know, they made it this really fatalist thing of like, you know, the climate emergency is is coming for us or you know, we're all doomed or like something really radical. And he, you know, tweeted out and was like, this is not what the article says. This is not what I said. You know, this isn't what I think at all. And he created this really interesting Twitter debate between all of these scientists and people in the sort of climate activism space about dumerism. And some people are on the side of like, you need to tell people the truth. Like we are in a, we are in a state of emergency. It is increasingly unlikely we're going to get out of it. Da, 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 da. And then you have other people being like, but that's not like, it doesn't matter if that is a, like what your science. That there's a whole bunch of other science that says that might not be the case. For one, and number two, you're disempowering people. If you tell people that there is nothing to fight for, they will fight for nothing. So, given you know that and the climate crisis, like how do we inject joy into that fight? Like, who is there a third? Um, is there a third perspective perhaps in that triangle of scientists fighting on Twitter that we could take?
1: I'm you're right at the edge of feel really difficult uh, <laughs> in a lovely way and there, there's um no no I, I this is right at the edge of my learning is the honest answer I, i'm i'm quite close to some of the conversations about um what's what's been called a kind of moderate flank and mm. how you how we mobilize the action that that um that is somewhere that isn't as isn't it is, doesn't demand as much sort of radicalism and rejection as 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 say xr has come to do like, i actually don't think xr did at the beginning which is which is another interesting sort of side mm, channel but okay. i guess um i guess i so i'm not i'm not sure like i th- I, I can understand the argument that we need some truth telling at least in in the sense that 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 there is um that no one is coming to save us mm-hmm. like that that, that that this isn't going to be done for us that the that, that it's not it's not sort of five to midnight on the on the kind of on the, the on the cop negotiations that those 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 processes are are as, at least as they currently stand are not on a path to yeah. to to solving it for us yeah. um and i un- i can understand that argument I, I, I do however i think where i end up is like um back to listening joy is like the joy of action the joy of getting involved the joy of, like mm. the the joy of finding your local your local action group and being part of it the joy of reconnecting with community and do, and planting some trees or starting a community energy scheme or or starting a community food project or or whatever like the the joy that's in those things feels to me like the place to to play to to put the accent mm. and I, and I, and, I, and, I, and and maybe in that like I did some work with um, with Transition Network a, a few years back. I mentioned these guys a couple of times, and, and what we what we did with them was really kind of try and reconfigure the narrative. So at the beginning, their starting point was everything is screwed; therefore, we need to do something different. Mm-hmm. And what we what the way we shifted it to was: loads of people are doing something different because everything is screwed. Yeah, and it, it's and it's like and it's like where do you it's almost like an order of narrative as much as anything for mm-hmm, me it's mm-hmm. like it's, we, we we put we gave transition the language of a movement of people of, of communities coming together to reimagine and rebuild mm-hmm, the world mm-hmm. rather than a response to climate change mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're like and, and and like i think that's where i would be it's like i, I love um at a, at a sort of abstract kind of theory of change level i'm i'm i i quoted in the book and i'm and i'm quite struck by um Thomas Kuhn, that he wrote this seminal book called *The Structure of Scientific Revolutions* about how ideas and systems and paradigms change, had this. I, I don't think he exactly said it, but my 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 close paraphrasing of his slightly scientifically geeky language was basically: "You you can't have paradigm shift without a paradigm to shift to." Ooh,
0: you, interesting. The,
1: the breaking down of a story is not a sufficient condition it's a necessary condition but it's not a sufficient condition for paradigm change to happen
0: yeah 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 yeah.
1: but the the the, the work and it's, it's sort of the Buckminster fuller thing again as well right like the work isn't to fight the existing paradigm and break it apart or, or maybe that is part of the work but 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 it's actually the the work is in building and growing and stepping into the the new from which you can look back at the old and go that was a bit rubbish
0: totally it's
1: like the 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 backstory of 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 the Taiwan example I gave you is that um is that is actually that whole thing started with a with a movement called GovZero, which was a, a hacker movement that that started outside of government and created parallel websites to government websites all with the URLs g zero vtw mm-hmm. that enabled a kind of it was basically an arts project that that imagined a participatory democracy. and then when a when a breaking point came, the whole operation of government essentially stepped into it the the person uh back to gender the 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 person who led the um led the taiwan COVID response was the was a minister called audrey tang who happens to be the world's first transgender minister right. but also happens to originally have been one of the leaders of that hacker movement <laughs> and and went from went from hacker in uh, from 2012 to 2014 hacker Uh, in 2014 or 2015 i think it was big uh in response to a kind of critical moment in the in the nation was invited to become a mentor to a government minister uh and then in 2016 became a minister in 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 their own right following a presidential election so so that that work of um of creating the new of 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 just going like you crack on right like we're gonna we're gonna build and and i guess in my mind it's like how do we get to a place where when the next sort of big fracture comes because they will right like we're in a we're in we're in we're in the we're in we're in in the age of consequences (laughs) like so the fracture the openings are gonna are gonna are gonna come like that like that covid moment and when that next one comes how do we get to a place where the citizen story, the citizen reality is sufficiently built and sufficiently visible and sufficiently tangible,
0: yeah,
1: that it's impossible to ignore,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so the next time a government message changes, it's it needs to change to not to stay alert, go back to your little life, shish, little people, just go shopping, but to let's do this, like let's set up the phone line, let's 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 get people involved let's let's provide some funding so mutual aid groups can learn from one another let's let's support the councils who started to try and do something different mm. to 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 embed those new behaviors mm-hmm. let's, like that stuff could have happened and the nation was ready for it yeah. and I, again like this is sort of what i was saying with the extinction rebellion when it, when xr first came on the scene like my mum was like ready to like she went she was on mortally bridge right and that's like we, we forget i think how much energy was was released by people going let's finally someone's saying
0: yeah it. yeah
1: and like how do we how do we stay in that how do we how do we stay in that yes and my, my sort of thought experiment i've shared with a few people and i'm i want to say this from a place of like love and celebration and admiration for all of all of that movement but but all but the thought experiment is basically like imagine it. One of the big demands was for a citizen's assembly, right? Mm -hmm. At the beginning of, of XR. A citizen's assembly was commissioned by six select committees. The climate assembly was commissioned. It wasn't on the, on the, with the sort of structures and exact processes that XR asked for, and I understand why they therefore ignored it. I completely understand in that moment in time, but like I would have done the same and yet like imagine if the response that they'd taken was to say yes and to that mm. to the, to that citizen assembly to 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 have rearranged the next sequence of rebellions to be on the weekends that the climate assembly met and to have made and like to have pointed towards it and gone this is this is the direction our society needs to go we need to listen to these people, we need to go further but this is the yeah. direction yeah like could we have could we have made that so famous that it couldn't be ignored yeah and that I, think, that I think is the key challenge is like, how do we, from where we are, where the citizen story is taking hold, is bubbling, is growing everywhere, how do we make that sufficiently famous that the next time the crack opens, you know, the, the Leonard Cohen thing, there's a crack in everything. That's where the light gets in. Yeah. The next time the light gets in, let's make, how, how can we get to a point where it's shining on this such that the shift can really be made? Yeah, because the the lesson of Taiwan is that once that happens, the shift happens super fast. Yeah, 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 beca- yeah. Because it's in us, because it's who we want to be and what we want to be doing.
0: Did the Taiwanese media report on the art project? You know, the participatory government G zero V dot. You know, whatever. Like, was was the media? Were they telling the story? Because this is my thing. This is where I get to every bloody night before I fall asleep. I'm like, nothing's gonna happen if we don't create a new media landscape. Because they are gatekeeping the stories that need to be told. So was the Taiwanese media doing it? Or did they somehow find a way to hack around that?
1: So, so I, it's a really, I, I need to, I'll need to ask more, it's what I, what happened, the critical moment. I don't, I don't know about it as it, as it grew and like whether it was tracked and supported, but I don't, I don't think so. The critical moment though came um, in 2014, so two years after. So it started in 2012 in response to a to a government campaign that basically said, "Shush, little people, just go shopping." It was like, and 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 it was quite quiet to start with. But when in 2014 the government tried to introduce a trade bill with mainland China that would have would have basically been sort of CCP imperialism, um, and and a protest kicked off in response to that that may or may not have happened had GovZero zero not existed mm. student-led protests that occupied the parliament uh an occupy style protest but what then happened was that GovZero got a broad the gov zero team got a broadband connection into the into the parliament and started streaming footage of what the of what was going what the stu- what the protesters were doing across the country and what the protesters were doing was basically using GovZero zero discussion tools and so forth to debate the clauses of this trade bill and and that is the moment and then and social media then got picked up by broadcast media because it kind of couldn't be ignored yeah, right. and, and people were asking questions and and at that point that's when the critical moment came because uh because at that point pressure came on the speaker of the parliament to beat the protesters out and 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 a lot of people thought he was going to like i've talked to a lot of people and and it, it seemed very unlikely that he, because he's old guy, like of the governing party by his political affiliation, et cetera, et cetera. But what he did was he said, he said, this is what democracy looks like. This is what this space is actually for. Mm-hmm. And, and But uh, but the conditions for that for him to do that had been created by the fact, as you say, that the media did, and I don't know how grudgingly, uh, to be totally honest, I don't know how how much it was sort of forced on them by the fact that you just had to you just had to cover the fact that the parliament was occupied yeah. and 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 like everyone was watching clips of what was going on on social media anyway yeah. and you just couldn't not but this is this is what I guess what I mean it's like how i think um yes there is work to do to create a new media infrastructure and i think and but but also there is work in kind of being savvy to that to that kind of how do we in the belief that the moments will come and that what will be required is 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 to make this story unignorable. How do we design for that? Mm-hmm. Um, like the cracks will come. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So how how do we? Okay,
1: like, I, I mean, I, I think it's. Um, I think well, what the Taiwan the, the the lesson of the Taiwanese thing is 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 is, um, is manifest the future, right? Mm-hmm. Like the 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 and I love. I can't remember who it is. is the like uses the language it might be Adria marie brown again talks about like what we're doing is practicing the future
0: Mm. oh lovely Uh, rehearsing
1: rehearsing i think is the language she uses we're rehearsing for the future
0: yeah
1: and 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 then and then like when like like it was really important that what the what the protesters were doing inside the parliament wasn't like smashing shit up like they excuse my language smashing (laughs) stuff up like they were in on on the 6th of january in the capital right they were they were rehearsing the future the, the same thing actually incidentally has been going on in Sri Lanka uh, mm. at the moment like people turning the presidential palace essentially into a library yeah. and it, and and we're going to need that um that story to be told in a way that it's not being but it is starting it's like there's hints of it but but like when we are yeah i think i i don't know i don't what i don't want to do is put too much of the door of the protest movements right because like we do, we also need to to like there's some there's some necessary rejection in this work and some some very necessary anger and some very justifiable anger and yet like like that thing of like we are (laughs) um there's a t-shirt that's that's um that started to be uh uh, to, started to be worn in lots of different ones of these movements, and it says, uh, "I'm from the future. We won."
0: <laughs> Lovely.
1: And it's like it's that kind of mindset that, that it's like. And I think the what's fascinating is that actually it is the it is the 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 queer thinkers, the black thinkers, the 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 the, the indigenous thinkers who are kind of who are saying this. Yeah. Are like it's it's um it's Tyson Yunker Porter and Baratunde Thurston and uh, in the uh, and 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 Adrian marie brown and and so forth who are saying like bio akoma Lafe, the nigerian philosopher who he's got this fa- fabulous phrase he talks about it, it's um it's in it's in it's in trying to break the prison walls that they gain their that they gain their substance mm. or something to that effect mm-hmm. and it's like if like there's a there is a kind of um speaking as a as a 40 year old six foot tall white straight guy <laughs> there is a very kind of um there is a very kind of white male thing about like uh diagnosing the problem and then attacking the problem Mm -hmm. and there's maybe another uh, logic to kind of the the sort of sorcery of 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 rehearsing the future and then making that future visible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that we'd maybe need a bit more of
0: oh wonderful oh this is this is so inspiring i love this i love all of this i mean this is a space that um i've only recently sort of started to occupy and think about and research and I, the more I do, the more I'm just, I'm just, I'm very hopeful for the future, um, despite, right. you know, learning all of the really, really bad things. And despite speaking to a lot of climate scientists that are not hopeful, when you just look at the amount of people around the world that are trying, that are working really, really hard and trying, and then you recognize that actually the extremists, the people that don't want things to move are the extremists in power. And yes, deposing them is going to take a lot of work, but they actually do not represent the vast majority of the country. I think such an important thing to hammer repeatedly, even right now in like the UK context, is that little factoid that the Telegraph um, published last week, I think, which is about the fact that the vast majority of Conservative, um, mem- the members of the Conservative Party, Conservative voters as well, um, actually want onshore wind in comparison to the two extremists, Sunak and Truss, who were saying, you know, we're going to get rid of it. Like, these people do not actually represent the vast majority of voters. Look at what happened in Kansas this week, you know, voting against overturning Roe v. Wade. They're going to maintain abortion in the states despite being a really redneck state that voted for Trump in 2016, you know? It's like there's so much evidence that power is kind of... um, Power is held by such a, a small group of people that, and it separates them so vastly from the population that they do not represent actually what most of us want and what most of us are capable of. And that gives me a huge amount of hope if we can just figure out what to do with them.
1: And then the, 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 the further inference from that as well is that what the strategies that are coming from that place are strategies that aim to divide us from one mm. another and encourage us to demonize one another. Mm-hmm and to lose faith in one another mm-hmm. critically. Mm-hmm. Um but like the the fact is that the that um one of the I went one of the one of the things I did in the research of the book was went quite deep into into the world of QAnon. Right. And what you find is that actually is that is that the QAnon conspiracy like and it like some of it it's super dark, right? But the, the entry point is 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 it is it says that it, like the starting point is what is like we need you. You you have a valuable role to play. We need your help. You are you are a valuable human. Like you you have something to contribute, which is the which is the antithesis. And I'm not. And and I guess the the the, the subtlety of this is I'm not necessarily saying that this is deliberate on the part of those in positions of power, but the, the the stories that say "shush, little people, just go shopping" are telling those people that they do not have a contribution to yeah. make. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And 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 the attraction of the attraction of the QAnons, the attraction yeah. of the of the of the of the conspiracy theories lies largely in the fact that they 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 put purport to value people.
0: Yeah, interesting.
1: And 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 when we allow ourselves to say to, to be put off this participatory future by by a belief that that those others are stupid and dangerous and god knows what would happen if we had a participatory society Mm -hmm. because they would be able to participate too Mm. but that is that is that is the danger that is the thing that we have to fight against in ourselves we have to retain the 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 first building block of this is faith in humanity Mm. right like that without which nothing and and so you have to come from a place of going i understand like there's polling work done nearly 10 years ago, like in 2014, I think it was in the UK that showed that the people who are most open to uh, participatory democracy processes, citizen assemblies and those those sorts of things, this is eight years ago, were, were people who, of all voter groups, were those who were planning to vote for UKIP.
0: Oh, you're joking!
1: Right, but because, but what you've got to understand I, yeah, yeah, yeah. is that okay, these... Yeah. It, yeah, no, but right?
0: say it, it no, comes, but say it, say it, say it.
1: it it comes. It comes from a repression of power. Yeah. These are the people who feel like the the, the single data point that I, I've seen, that, uh, as far as I understand, that that's most correlated with with voting to leave the EU was uh, a, da- a a survey measure called locus of control, which asks you to plot how far away from you do you perceive power in your life to be, and the further away you felt power in your life was, the more likely you were to vote. That's why take back control was the line, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. this is this is it right like they they, and 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 the subtlety of this like i say i don't think i i honestly don't believe that many of those impositions of power are doing it deliberately some are but a lot of them are just caught up in these stories and they and they're partly caught up in them by their own fear of of what participation would unleash and then we become Trapped in these stories because of our fear of yeah. what participation yeah, yeah, would unleash. Yeah
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And that is the barrier.
0: Yeah. I think it's so interesting to remember and so hard to remember that in a different kind of future, people will be different. Like, this is where people get stuck. We think that there's going to be like the world will be different, but people will be the exact same. And then we try to map how that's going to cause dysfunction, you know? And it's like, no, 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 if the world is different, then we will all be different and society will be different and community will be different. I interviewed Susan Krumdike, who is the uh, chair of the energy transition at Harriet watt University and a professor of mechanical engineering. And she would spend half of our interview talking about narrative, like the importance of narrative, which was amazing. And she was saying, we were talking about degrowth and she was like, you don't even need to talk about degrowth. You start from the science, like you transition to a renewable economy and the economy will contract, and our energy demands will contract. You don't like you start from a place of like rather than saying, "um, um, the world, um, uh, the world has to change, and this is how we'll do it, but it will be better." Uh, or oh, damn it, hang on, I'm, what did she say? Um, I can't remember. Oh God, I can't remember where you start from. But like, awesome. the world will be broken into that. And she was saying, "No, you just say the world would be different. By the way, it will be better." You don't actually need right. to start with the full vision of, like, hey, everyone, we need to change everything. You just yeah. do it little by little, and gradually things will change and it will be better.
1: And I think, uh, like, once the, the way someone put uh, this challenge to me once, they were like, so, so are you an anti capitalist or, uh, or are you a communist or what? And, <laughs> and it was like, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, part of me made that face as well. <laughs> but, but, but why? But, but my response is basically like, all of those things try and start by designing the the, the system yeah and like and and the, the thing the the state that we will move to yeah and and that in itself is such a disempowering kind of approach like i i and, I, and i'm kind of like I, like and also because of that you're left seeking language that we don't have yet yeah. because I, like i'm definitely not a communist yeah i'm also definitely not like down with capitalism as it currently stands. Yeah. But if I start to try and define then you end up in language like post-capitalism mm-hmm. and anti-capitalism mm-hmm. and you're still talking about capitalism yeah. and then you're like yeah. whatever. Yeah. And what I, what I, one of the things I think like retrospectively think is powerful about the stories that I've kind of stumbled into as it were is that is that they flip the telescope, right? Like instead of instead of looking at the at the society you're looking at the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and you're going like if we identify and orient as citizens, rather than as consumers or as subjects, and if our organisations can see us as potential participants and and people with a contribution to make, rather than consumers of products and services, then we'll start to redesign stuff, mm-hmm. and and we'll start to hold conversations that that consider what we might do in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. We'll start to we'll start to hold questions. Uh, it, it, that allow us to 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 search for answers together rather than trying to find a a, a big kind of massive answer that we can sort of plonk yeah. into place yeah, 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 yeah. we'll just we'll just start yeah, yeah and it might be that in four or five years time in a citizen future we go what should we call this system it doesn't feel like it's capitalism anymore mm. should we should we call it something else mm. Has got some words for that but we don't start by going, What? What? what is it going to be, folks? <laughs> if it's not capitalism, is it communism? Yeah, 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 like,
0: yeah, 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 oh! yeah, totally. Like, no ecosystem on the planet began as its final state. And in fact, no ecosystem is ever in its final state. Like, it is evolution. It is the evolution right. of things. And I think part of this thing of like you have to have all the solutions it's also another way to divide and conquer like this is a lot of it i used to be quite cynical about extinction rebellion before pulling my head out my arse and actually doing some research you know i was like yeah but what do they want exactly rather than understanding oh this is so exciting they have pulled the trigger of a new movement they've injected a bunch of energy and now like if i want things to be different i can come in and try and help figure like do something that adds to the amount of research and information and energy that is continuing the evolution of that movement you know like people and you can get it because it's very frightening to say to people the world is going to change because they want to be like well what is it going to look like then tell me like i want to know i want to know what the house looks like before i move into it i get it but and we
1: can't that, and that 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 again is the is the vacuum that then sucks in these poli- these politicians and so mm. forth who so will say i can tell you Ex-
0: yes yeah, and, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And,
1: and, the strong and, man and right and and the 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 great uh, the great challenge is to is to answer that with oh, I love the phrase safe uncertainty I just came across it and uh, it's, it's first used by a guy called Barry Mason who is a, a family therapist actually okay and he, he his conception was he said um he said anyone coming for therapy is in one of two places they're either unsafe uncertain ah, I don't know what to do or unsafe certain I'm bad and I know I am mm. And what they all think they want is safe certainty. Tell me what to do to fix myself mm. and th- and he says the work of a therapist is is to is to is to confront the impossibility of that and to say like i can't like there is no there's no fixing you to be done here. Mm. There is only saying you're gonna be okay, you're gonna be and 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 standing beside someone, and he talks about safe uncertainty basically being the act of of saying we're gonna hold you, we're gonna hold one another we're gonna we're going to be side by side in this in the uncertainty and we're going to find a way forward together
0: oh lovely. And,
1: and and but that is exactly what the taiwanese government did in covid yeah. right yeah it, that that is exactly what east marsh united this organization in grimsby that a are, are, are kind of rebuilding grimsby from the from the street level up mm. like they're going we don't know exactly how to do this billy design my my friend who's he's, he's there he's the sort of one of the organizers in grimsby talks about talks about this work as being uh scissors glue and a big dollar per hope <laughs> and it's and it's that thing of like acknowledging we don't know mm-hmm. but if we start then we'll find the next step and the next step and 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 as long as we face one another with truth and honesty, and kind of and 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 allow ourselves to go into that space, mm. and that is that is the leadership we so badly need in this moment in time.
0: Definitely, a
1: leadership that that rejects the and and we and but what and, and therefore what we have to do is stop is try and stop demanding that kind of leadership because because that creates the vacuum. But the mm. the bravery is on both sides, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The 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 leaders have to say. Like I can't give you that, and i actually i i so like I actually think if any of them have done that it, like i i can't I can't promise you that we're going to fix something. I can tell you that the climate emergency is like super serious and here, yeah, and I can tell you that the cost of living and the impact of the of russia's war in ukraine is is intense and direct on us, yeah. and I can't and I can also tell you that we are a deeply creative powerful, wonderful nation of people, and like, look at what we've done. And I can tell you that we can do this, but we're gonna have to like, accept that we don't know exactly how, and we will figure it out together. Like that kind of leadership is like, imagine if someone would say that.
0: Yeah. like, Be so inspiring. Well, I think, but then I worry sometimes, I worry about being caught in my own little, like call it a Twitter bubble, you know, I spend my, all my days speaking to people like you and thinking about, you know, researching these kinds of things and like, you know, chattering away like a little chihuahua about, you know, the future. And I'm like, yeah, no, I w- I'd be the same. Like if a politician said that, I think we'd all just go for it. But I don't speak to people that are outside my little bubble of kind of already at a certain place of, um, oh, how do I say this? Um, people that maybe have already invested so much time they've kind of shifted their own internal needle of like how they like look at the world um so maybe it wouldn't be the same for a lot of folk out there who are suffering with a cost of living crisis and you know uh losing access to jobs and you, you know yeah
1: well i think i mean but i think this i like i do spend a lot of time with those in this okay. place and i like i'm talking about i'm talking about grimsby yeah. uh, like arguably the the most like let left out is language i prefer to left behind Mm. but left out place in the country to some extent like uh i'm talking about i'm talking about huddersfield uh, like the 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 sort of and and which i'm i've gone to i've gone to these places and 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 we've we've opened the space to say to people what are you most proud of about the place where you live what would you Mm. what would you most like what would we and and every time there's hunger and passion for that like Mm. for i i understand and and that polling data i told you about from 2014 where it's the it's the ukip voter that wants the the most wants the new political structures yeah. and processes i've had people coming up to me i've deliberately gone to places all over the country with in, on the tour for the book that that aren't like hay festival yeah. right and, I, <laughs> yeah. and 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 people have come up to me and after the book talk and gone i joined i joined a one woman came to me and said i joined a political party recently and uh because i was trying because it seemed like the thing that that was speaking my language and i and i and then and then i realized it wasn't right and, and cat, i've been going to things to try and find what it and you you've really spoke to me and i said what was the political party and she said the reform party right and you're like this is not this is not uh i think people i i i i hear you and i and i and i often hear people say you have got to be really not everyone thinks like you and you've got to be wary of projecting that everyone thinks like you into the world but i think there's i, I think there's an even greater risk of of assuming that others can't think like you definitely think like
0: you. it's an arrogance in that there's a cynicism in it and actually i think people are far more likely to think like me like you like any other citizen then you know the extremists in power that are not listening to their voter base like that as well as another kind of moderate flank position perhaps to take like we're more likely to be on the same side together than for them to be yeah on their side I
1: that's why I, I think that language of left out is potentially very powerful mm. so it's like it's not that some places have been left behind mm. it's that almost all of us have been left yeah. out
0: yeah right john this is amazing i want to ask you two platform questions okay okay mm. so the um the second the final one will, will be people but i can you rattle off a couple of like citizens projects around the world or around the uk like your top three favorite platform that, yeah the top three that come to mind
1: top three i mean I've, I've mentioned them a couple of times but east marsh united in grimsby is such a cracker a uh, organization that went from litter picks a few years ago to now an organization not only with a six monthly arts festival and a fortnightly magazine called the proud east martian oh but hell. uh but also they've just closed a five hundred pound community share offer but in in grimsby is enough money to buy 10 houses create good local jobs to refurbish those houses and then let them out as a social landlord oh. they are banging <laughs> uh, uh so that'll be number one I, like taiwan is mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. there we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about it um and maybe just to just to sort of um come from a very different space i'll uh where will i go i will go something specific well maybe the thing that i'm most recently most excited mm-hmm. about is. Um, initiative called people okay p-w-e-p-l in uh that started in liverpool that is basically a a blockchain dao-based cooperative competitor to uber eats and deliveroo where the um where the restaurants and the and the customers own the app rather than the app uh owning them Uh, i think that could be beginning of something really seismic there's a whole movement behind that sort of idea called platform cooperativism okay that i think is really interesting
0: fantastic oh i love people love people people can do such amazing things yeah yeah yeah, really and on that who would you like to platform
1: so uh well i'll choose different ones to those (laughs) um i i will go for uh i will go Ariana Conrad, uh, who is my, uh, writing collaborator on the book, uh, uh, and is a complete genius. And mm-hmm. um, she, she's, but if you want to get a sense of the world that's coming, she's been working with authors, mostly, mostly, um, people of color, um, and, and marginalized, uh, or, uh, voices from marginalized communities to tell stories of, of the future that might be. And, and her name generally doesn't end up on the cover of books, uh, because she likes to disappear into them But I I I felt that as a white as as a white man they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't who, who she doesn't usually work with it would not be quite so appropriate for me to disappear. But if you look up Ariana Conrad you'll find a a a, a whole library of the future. Um Fantastic. so I'll platform her. Uh I will platform uh one called Lee Rob uh down to the to the very kind of localized and and high energy uh lee's the woman who has brought together an organization called positive carrick fergus uh, in northern ireland positive just outside wants? of belfast fergus uh which is the name of the of the town okay uh and and really like where this work began was lee went for a run one morning and found that there was a new monument in the town of carrick fergus which was a tank uh that Jeez. had been placed with its gun facing the road that goes through carrick fergus uh because uh, like, as a, and it was a sort of a a, a memorial to the troubles basically right. and lee was like we, we have to be able to remember and and take pride in our in our place for something more than this yeah. and so positive carrick fergus is a community that now that now counts as in its membership something like a third of the population of the town Fantastic. who are reinventing the story of the town and starting community initiatives like uh, uh a grocery and a library and a bookshop and a and a whatever that are and telling a story that is about the the, the energy and pride of the people of carrot mm. Fergus, not about war and, mm-hmm. and and pain um and i think is she's a real emblem to the kind of work we need to do as wider societies about of in retelling our own stories yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and giving ourselves build up and then maybe as a as a last one, uh, maybe a literary one. I will uh, platform a wonderful woman called Ajay Temelkuren, uh, who she she hit fame with a book called How to Lose a Country: The Seven Steps from Democracy to Dictatorship, which is a powerful analysis of what's going wrong. But she's since, uh, but more for a book she's since written, which is called Together: Ten Choices for a Better Now, which is really an invocation of the idea of that faith in humanity is the is the absolute starting point and she's writing from the voice of uh someone who's been exiled from her from her homeland mm. uh and 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 who many people uh and who who experiences kind of real aggression from all sorts of sources but has come through the other side of this going actually no the, the starting point of the first building block is is faith in humanity mm. And i think that's an incredibly important powerful message
0: So much. John, thank you so much for your time. It was such a pleasure speaking with you.
1: Likewise. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. If you want to learn more about John's work, I've put links to his website and his book over on planetcritical.com, where you can subscribe to support this podcast. If you liked the episode, leave a review and share it far and wide. If you loved it, support the project with a paid subscription at planetcritical.com. As always, a huge thank you to the Planet Critical community who make all of this work possible. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you next week.